everyone, welcome to the final event of Lending 2022, uh, a conference by AM. And we're now at the round table on writing processes. We're at a very cozy setup. Uh, so, my name is Nadia Wang, I'm editor of AM. To my left, I have Sean Wang, who is a contributor to AM. Could you say hi, Sean? Hi. <laughs> okay, so now we know how he sounds like, and you won't be confused. <laughs> and then next we have Vivian Yeo, who is the content producer at NM. Hello. And next to Vivian, we have Ants Chua, who recently started contributing to NM. Hello. Hi. Um, we have a special guest with us here. She's not really going to join us, I know, but I uh, just want to say that um, Weiti Yap is in the house. Um, and she is. Um, Someone who also writes for the sibling site Fashion Net Market. Um, she's also an independent curator who has her space fashion on display. So it's that. And then next to Weiti, Weiti is just facing me. And then next to Weiti, we have Ian T, who's associate editor at AM. Hello. And next to Ian, we have Sarah Lau, who has been a long time contributor to AM. And she is going to be summarizing this roundtable for us. Sarah, you want to say hi to? Hi. Okay. Um, so yeah, let's just dive into the questions that we have. Um, it's not going to be too serious. I thought it would be great to think about how we all write. Um, so first of all, how did you become interested in writing? Okay, this is to everyone at the table. Was it something that came naturally to you? Were you encouraged to write? Is it the satisfaction of a completed written piece of work that keeps you coming back? Sean? Yes, just... Oh, okay. <laughs> so... Actually, I mainly started writing mostly as part of school, you know, with all like the essays, and I was part of like the journalism club and things like that. Then, during army, I was really bored, so I kept writing and looking for opportunities. So overall, I would say that it's a, I don't know, I've never really thought of writing as an activity by itself. It's sort of just something, something you do. It's like reading, you know. It's not really a hobby. It's just something you do. Okay, what about for you, Vivian? Um, actually, for me, I think in school, writing did not come naturally for me, like in the very beginning. Um, but like throughout the years, as I learned a little bit more technique, I found out that my thought processes for certain topics became clearer with every piece. Um, like writing itself, I think for me, is like uh, to clarify my thoughts. Um, and it will become more eloquent on paper than just in my head, like before before embarking on writing. So actually, uh, art market was my first kind of working at art market was my first job uh, in actually like writing pieces semi regularly, um, and I learned a lot through this process. And I think my writing has improved, uh, and I embarked on like different types of uh, articles as opposed to school. Yeah, I, I definitely feel the same way. I think writing is, for me, something that helps me sharpen what I'm trying to articulate. But um, also, like what Sean said, it's not really a hobby. It's just something that happens. <laughs> People often ask, like, oh, do you enjoy writing? Why did you choose to write? And I'm like, I don't make any choices here. <laughs> things just happen. Um, and things just kind of move into my brain and don't get out until I, I put it on paper. So for me, it's a way of making sense of what I'm thinking, kind of concretizing what might otherwise be a very amorphous feeling. Um, but it's also a way of, I guess, paying attention 
paying attention and building a relationship to a work, an idea, a feeling, um, just by spending time with it in the process of crafting um, a paragraph or two. Yeah, I think I really resonate with what you've said. For me, I think writing is very much something that comes in parallel to my own art making practice. So um, even though the approach and the uh, objectives when it comes to writing are very different, um, for me, I think it's still very much tied to the idea of communication. And so in my writing, that's something that I'm very conscious of. Um, whereas in art making, there's certain kind of um, indulgences that you can have, be it um, being very opaque with what you're trying to communicate. But I think in my own writing, I have the exact opposite approach and try to be as um, empathetic to the audience as possible. So I think those two trajectories complement each other for me. That's how I got into writing and also um, that's one of, so one of my motivations for continuing this practice. Yeah, I think we are kind of all thinking that well, writing is not a natural thing, right? And in fact, we are trying to make artificial what comes naturally to us in our thoughts. We're trying to organize, we're trying to make sense of things. So I'm curious, how do you typically begin a piece of writing? You know, thinking about like you know, ideation, the necessary procrastination. Um, do you have a specific set of steps or rituals that you follow, or you try to follow but fail each time, or you know you try to improve upon with each piece? Maybe I can start first. Yeah, I think for me, it often begins, especially for pieces um, that I write for A and M. It begins with like the list of questions that I want to answer. So I think that then in that case, the, the essay, whether it's an interview or a thought piece or even just a news piece, there are certain goals that I establish through the questions that I set out at the beginning. And that's often something that then guides the rest of the process. Yeah. Vivian, what about for you? Like, you know, oftentimes we are commission to do something or, you know, sometimes you pitch something, right? So do they differ in terms of the process? Right. I think for me, for A&M, the two types of articles I tend to write about is like maybe an exhibition review, which is more focused on like a particular artist. Um, like you try to get to know their motivations, what their art style is. It's very focused. And then another type of article is maybe like uh, surveying online art exhibitions. Uh, what are the new techniques coming out uh, digitally? Um, I think the two approaches can be quite different. Um, for the first one about a specific art exhibition, I actually really love being quite poetic uh, about certain pieces and really trying to find like a new language to um, translate the visual uh, into, I guess, conceptual or, or philosophical. Um, and that, for me, my process is just sitting down and really like just thinking. <laughs> um, it's not so structured. Um, whereas for the other piece, which is more like a survey or having a very clear point, um, it's a bit more academic, I think. And then I spend like a few days just researching, putting down all the possible examples and then trying to form like connections between them. Uh, and I think it would be a bit similar to Ian's uh, approach where there's some questions I do want to answer and try to prove or disprove. Um, yeah, so both very different forms of writing. I think this is a good time to ask and I mean, you know, you the first piece that you ever printed with us was something that you wrote a while back, right? And you kind of sat on it. It didn't it wasn't published uh, until recently. 
why did you feel motivated to write that piece and how does it feel to see it published like a couple two three years later feels pretty nice <laughs> um but it's also, it's also interesting for me i feel like writing is always kind of just like who i am and what i'm responding to at any point in time so returning to pieces for me is always very interesting because it's like oh someone else wrote that and i it just happened to be reading it um, so I think for that one, I actually just had to write it for an assignment, frankly, but um, I chose to respond to Ritong's piece because um, something about the work stuck with me and I think that's part of my process, like figuring out what has, has stuck, figuring out what questions I have and what questions the work has um, and, and kind of making a list of those things. Um, I also like to kind of set up contrasts or tensions and then to see where the work sits uh, along those along those lines of conflict or inquiry um, but yeah there's definitely a lot of like sitting down and staring at my laptop and then getting up to drink water and then sitting down staring at my laptop some more um, but i think that's part of that's part of the process a lot of it is actually very non-verbal for me it's not like you know you put out a an outline and then you can linearly follow it it's it's a lot messier than that you might need to take a walk you might need to make a tea um, and, and that's part of the process for me too. Yeah. I find myself cleaning. <laughs> like just to procrastinate, right? Like, mm, maybe I'll do something that will actually help in some way add value to my life, but yeah. I'm not tackling the writing yet. <laughs> but I think in doing something else, I'm still thinking about it and having my thoughts percolate. Um, I'm wondering what is that moment in the writing process when you feel like, okay, you've crossed a hurdle and you can breathe a little and you're not feeling this like elephant on your chest. I mean, Sean, you just finished a review, right. which we workshopped, right? Yeah. Um, it's for um, the works of Lozi and Foster Gallery. So maybe because it's so fresh in your mind, when was that moment when you felt like, okay, mm -hmm. I feel like this is going to be fine? Okay, so um, I think it's also has to do with the way I start writing a piece, which is usually I just like word forming everything on the document, like <laughs> pen and paper always, because then I can like draw arrows and move things around. Um, so for me, the big cuddle is always the first draft and specifically because it's a bit, I think it was a bit messy, you know, because of the way I start. But once the first draft is up, then there's something to build upon because like I know um, some of the other people have said I can take a walk. But the thing is like for me, the first draft is not that I've always been thinking about it. I can't really like separate it out. But once the first draft is done, then I'm just like, okay, I'm just not going to look at it. You know, it's out there, and then whatever feedback I can build on. So that's the big hurdle. Right. Do you share your writing with anyone before submission to whether it's like an assignment, the commission? Um, not exactly like a full piece, but sometimes like, I think sentences sound weird. So like, I just send it to my friends on Telegram and I'm like, do you think this sounds real good? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's so nice to have that support network actually. If you have someone to be like, okay, why are you asking me this? Like, they're not yeah. asking that, right? They're just like, okay, sure, I'll help you mm. out. Um, what about for you, Ian, Vivian, and do you have someone you send your writing to or kind of discuss ideas with? I think similar to Sean. Um, for me, it's like grammar. <laughs> sometimes I'll send and be like, okay, this sounds right to me, but does it make sense to you? And then sometimes they will say, oh, maybe you can shift this word around, things like that. But I don't actually send um, full, full drafts to anyone, I think. Um, and I actually prefer to just have one draft. I, I don't like um, 
I think people have different ways of writing, but for like different to Sean, I, I can't work on it. I, for me, like every sentence has to be very like thought out before I can move on to the next sentence. Like I don't feel fine if, if it's not right. Um, and then maybe like I'll try and workshop that whole paragraph until it's done and then I'll move on to the next one. Mm. So that's my process. It's quite different. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> you know what's funny is that I can, I can totally see that. Really? When I read your writing. Oh. Yeah, I can see that you work on it, and I can see that you are very considered. Um, and then I'm just like, okay, I get it, and then I know how to help you. Um, so actually, it's very fast for me now to edit Vivian. Oh, definitely what Yen's work is very quick because you have like almost a perfect draft. But I also know what to look out for. Yeah, the um, same mistakes. Yeah, I, I know what to look out for. I know your strengths. I know things that I mean, we're not all perfect writers, obviously. None of us are perfect writers. Um, and I know Vivian takes such a long time to craft everything very carefully because it comes through like every yeah. sentence is very delicate and well structured um, and then nothing is wrong right it's just about the way you approach it mm. what do you wish you could do to improve your writing process is there anything you're know, like damn you know like if i could just get this done or like if i just didn't do this thing procrastination doesn't count as part of it yeah, that's the biggest <laughs> yeah i think that's just Part and, part. and I, I have come to think that actually it isn't really procrastination, it's just like your mind needs time to kind of like sieve through the thoughts. At least that's what I tell myself. <laughs> and you need to be in a situation where you feel the heat and you're like, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the fingers yeah. start moving. It's true. No, I wish if there was one thing I could change, I wish I didn't need a deadline. <laughs> because I, I barely do things without a deadline. But Same. once it's a deadline, I'm like, alright, fine, fine, I'll do Same. it. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, and then on that note, I guess, you know, Ian, could you speak about your work in over the years? I mean, because you've been with the team from the very beginning, even before we had a website, right? Mm -hmm. and, and how has your writing process changed, if at all? Or how have certain practices just cemented themselves? I think the probably the biggest change has been the fact that um, I've been taking on more editorial kind of roles. So whether it's like... Um, looking through the first drafts of contributions and things like that, or even um, doing the first edit for interviews. So I think that's probably the biggest change since the beginning. But I think otherwise, um, the process has been pretty much the same, just that I think it became much clearer in terms of the objectives that I have for each piece. So whether it's a, an interview or like a commission piece, from the very get-go, I know what are some of the objectives that I have to achieve with the piece and that really informs the research process and also whether um, I, go, I go about very deliberately trying to collect sound bites, for example, if, if that piece requires it. So I think the process becomes much clearer in terms of the planning stage and what each piece of writing um, requires. Mm. Yeah, I think that's great to hear. It's sort of like you know exactly what you Right. Yeah, like it's like understanding the assignment yeah. from the beginning. There's no like fumbling around. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think in the beginning we were all still learning about how like you know sometimes it's not okay to ask too many questions if we're only gonna write a short piece because people get annoyed, right? Like they spend so much time and then you just use like one sentence, two sentences. Um, and we've definitely been on the receiving end of that as well. Um, people have interviewed us and then use like a couple of things and we're like, what? Like I spent so long answering you know this person's question. So it's also about paying attention to um, the person we're talking to and honoring their time, right? For the assignment. 
Um, I'm curious about how you write content that isn't original to like for Ian's research club. How do you go about doing that? For that, um, hmm, I think for the for the Ian research club kind of process, it's basically like a list of questions, based on curiosities, um, whether it's things that I want to understand better for myself or um, aspects of the interviewees work that I feel um, is a bit underappreciated and helping audiences get to know them a little bit better. So I think that's also why often the more fun or more effective interviews are ones with people I already know for a while. So you can really uh, get a sense of that kind of casualness and people being very um, frank. To, yeah, just being very frank with their responses rather than being more measured or more guarded. Yeah, I think those are often the more successful interviews, especially for the podcast. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I think you, uh, Vivian, you've kind of um, answered this question that I prepared beforehand, but maybe you could talk about how you've adapted from like academic writing to like ENM writing, and then now going back to university for your masters in August. How do you think maybe you know, your writing for ENM has prepared you for what's to come? Mm. Um, I guess for everyone listening, um, the, the, I'm going to go do a master's in art therapy. So it might not be a very like art historical based academic sort of um, master's. I think there is still quite an opportunity to be a bit more poetic or to um, look at art more philosophically, emotionally, conceptually. Um, and I think my time in A&M has actually kind of maybe nurtured my um, uh, exploration of, of art in a more emotional way. Um, I think in school, a lot of it is like, how is this important historically? How did this change people's mindset? Um, but for now, um, it's just going to the gallery is just an experience, right? Um, and it should not be a very, let's say, elitist or academic practice. Everyone should be able to go and just um, experience it in their own terms. And actually, I've been very inspired by uh, an author called Olivia Lyne. I would recommend everyone to read her books. Um, I think she she approaches um, art in a very uh, makes makes the artist or the art very personable. Um, and I think that's something that I I aspire to do. And perhaps in like art therapy practice, it's also to kind of make art seem like a friend um, rather than something very distant or far away. Okay. And then for you, Anson, you, you write, direct, and perform. So, you know, with the written word, you come at it from different angles, right? And most recently, you were an NYU Shanghai Global Writing and Speaking Fellow um, for the past 10 months. Uh, so, I mean, you, you've seen it all, really, from, for the writing process, right? Um, your own practice, how others do it, and then how you translate that onto the stage. Um, so, how have all these experiences shaped your own writing process? I think it's, it's allowed me to be more gentle with myself. If I'm not writing, that's still part of the writing. Um, there's this Twitter account called Counts as Writing, and it's just full of tweets that are like, today renaming your document from draft 1 to draft 1.1 counts as writing. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think... Uh, I, I have the privilege of you know having a lot of friends who are writers who work in a lot of different mediums, whether it's poetry, plays, um, art and market, etc. Um, a few journalists as well, and I think it's it's really shown me that. 
there are so many ways to be a writer, there's so many ways to make a piece. And um, if anything, I think it's given me a wider vocabulary of techniques, of tools, uh, that also allow me to, I guess, remix forms. So I'm, I'm, I'm very much interested in um, taking a form and seeing how we can push it, how we can stretch it a bit more, uh, as well as thinking about the relationship between the content of what's being written and uh, how it's being written. Okay, and for you, Sean, I mean, you know, we first got to know you through um, a special ANN project called EMSR or Art and Market Small Rooms. Um, what made you decide to apply to become a writer for that open call? Um, for me, I think I never really was, um, I was always like visiting galleries and stuff, and that really started again during national service with a lot of free time. But, I never thought about writing about art because previously a lot of my experiences were um, very literature-based or creative writing-based. And I think art was very interesting because it had that visual component to it. So writing about what you see, um, it was a very new form of writing. So I was just trying to explore something. Yeah. Okay. And how did the process, you know, like applying, then you have the workshops, you have to speak with the artists, you have to write, revise, publish, have an impact on your writing? Um, I think something was really interesting, and I think it's like something I really appreciate about art market is that a lot of the writing allows you to center experiences, like Vivian said, you know, more than the historical context. And I think the opportunity to speak to all the writers also gave a very, mm, it's, it was interesting to see like how you experience the work versus how it was made. And I really appreciated that chance to like look into how the things were going on both ends. Something I want to yeah. jump in here is that I think for Anne and Sean, both of your writing have this quality where it feels like it's a piece of text that's very suitable to be read out loud. Oh, thank you for <laughs> like, like, thank you. Like, yeah. There is that quality that it kind of feels like it could be someone just saying that to you. Whereas it's a quality that's very different from my work where I feel, I feel that in my writing, it doesn't have that sense of being read out loud. I'm not sure if it's something that's uh, that makes sense, but it's just something that I feel when in terms of reading the text. Well, now that you said it, it just is immediately obvious, right? Yeah. Like we might not have thought about it, but now that you said it, I yeah. think it's just because I think that's also a very different quality of yes. of writing. Yeah. Yeah. I think mine is much more still in the head. Yeah. Whereas for the two of you, there's a quality that it's I won't say it's performative, but there's a lyrical quality that feels like it comes with the spoken kind of voice. Mm. Yeah. Because then I'm thinking about what Vivian said earlier, you know, even like you're crafting each sentence before moving on, but you do that in your head as well, right? You don't do it in a like a spoken way. Yeah, it's like all jumbled up, and then when I write it down, then I say it out. But it, it's not, it's not the root of it wasn't like saying, exactly. which is I think maybe um, like a word dumb, or stream of consciousness dumb is a bit more con conversational perhaps. Yes. And I think Anne's work is very conversational. I mean, it has conversation in it to begin with, um, but it's almost as if you are explaining to someone in person, like, this is what I saw, rather than like, I'm writing it down and then you read it. That's so cool. Yeah, I think we should try that out as well. Like Maybe we, it will improve our writing. We swap our processes. Yeah. Oh, I will try yes. a brain dump. Okay, la, okay la. you can procrastinate <laughs> for me. <laughs> yes. Okay, that's such a good observation. Yeah. Thank you for that. And um, I wanted to ask us, I mean, all of you have received, com actually everyone at the table has received comments from me um, on your work. 
And um, I wanted to ask, you know, what did you find helpful and what did you find not? You don't have to mince your words, you can say. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think for me, uh, thank you for noticing that about my work. It's, I think um, I began writing as a very lousy poet. So <laughs> I think that that kind of um, feeds into this sense of like sound and rhythm and conversation. And of course, when, when you work in performance, then you're always thinking how it's going to sound. Um, and for me, writing a lot of it is like, you know, I'm kind of just talking to myself and then if I put it on the page, then I'm, it's, it's a conversation. So I think when I receive comments, it, it feels a bit like, you know, when you're speaking to a friend and they're like, oh, what, what do you mean by this? Like, why did you say this? Um, could you say a bit more about this? Um, and that's always very helpful because then it begins uh, a slightly broader dialogue rather than just me and what I've written. Um, and I think also part of my process is kind of describing stuff. So... Um, I might fixate on a couple of details, I might notice certain themes, and I might not know why, but um, I'll write it down first. I'll be like, okay, so this artist did this, 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 and then look at it and be like, okay, I'm just describing things now. Uh, and then I'll say that to Nadia, and Nadia will be like, why are you describing these things? And I'll be like, oh man, I have to answer. <laughs> but of course, that is what is needed in the piece. So I think it's always good to have someone else who can, um, you know, you might be okay to just leave it, but if they have questions, then it's it's something that can challenge you to um, be a bit more expressive about why you're making certain choices in the writing. Yeah. Okay. And Sean, with the recent, I guess the recent Zia piece or even yeah. well, AMSR with Samuel's mm -hmm. room, right? Yeah. Um, I think I really, really, really appreciate that your your sort of direction is very solid. Like, it gives me a very clear path to work towards. So, you know, it's like when you give sort of comments, it's not just like reading this, it's more like reading this along these lines. So, I think I really, really appreciate that because, as I mentioned before, the word vomit thing. And I think of something you notice know, is like run on sentences a lot, um, which is my bad. <laughs> but it's also a product of the word vomit thing because a lot of how I write is quite honestly like something I would say. Yeah, so I just write like whatever, like, um, whatever comes to mind. And so I really appreciate the comments which help to sort of give more shape and structure. Thank you, Sean. Uh, Vivian? Yeah, I, I was gonna, I guess now we're gonna compliment Nadia, but I. Please, yes, I welcome But honestly, prior to AM, I don't think I've ever had such like solid or detailed feedback. Um, and you, I feel like the comments that you give are always, you try to justify or like try to say why um, this word, maybe you can reconsider this word or um, things like you tend to use the word always, uh, you tend to use the word also too much and then I, I've never realized that. So, so these trends that I think you pick up makes it very clear why I'm making certain changes um, and there are some times where um, like I feel like I'm being a bit more abstract. Maybe I'm trying to be poetic, and then Nadia would come in and be like, "What do you mean?" And then <laughs> like, okay, that that didn't turn out well. And then I'll try to make it a bit more concrete. Um, so yeah, and I think this is different from some other maybe professors or some other people who give feedback where they just give general feedback, like try to focus more on this point, and that's it. Which I think does perhaps give more freedom. Um, in your changes, but also I think it's good to have like both types of feedback, which is very like concrete, solid, but also uh, maybe a bit more general. 
I think for Ian, there's not much editing anymore, but maybe you can speak about how maybe the way you edit is different from the way I edit. Mm. Mm, I think there's the, quite a big difference, yeah. like especially um, when it came to check-in where we split the, the job quite evenly and um, I would often have a first go at some of the contributions perhaps with uh, from writers who I approached for check-in. And I think for me, I look at uh, I emphasize a little bit more on how legible the text is in terms of um, someone being able to follow this train of thought. So whether it's like logical, <laughs> I think that's something that I look out for a lot. Or whether if the sentence is just too long. So I think in that aspect, because I when I approach writing, I don't really think about how lyrical or how um, expressive it is. I just look at it in terms of what information is it telling me and is it something that's coherent or digestible so whether it's um, breaking down the, the paragraph into smaller chunks so that people can read it more easily or shuffling sentences around in a manner that it becomes easier to follow so i think those, those that aspect is something that i focus much more whereas i think for nadia you look at things much more different. I can't really put a pin uh, it, but it's very different. Like, it's a bit more of a bigger picture kind of perspective. Yeah. I think um, it would be helpful for me to also think about how I edit. So um, the way I edit is that I try to give as much as possible, um, fundamentally because I don't want to say again. <laughs> so it's about saving time and it's about just like, please don't ask me any questions. Like, I just want to be able to give you everything you need and then you can move on. Um, and I, I get the big picture thing. So I'm always about like, what are you trying to say? What's the topic sentence? What are you trying to like prove here? Um, but I feel like I'm also very detailed because I'm always picking up on very tiny things that um, like you're using also too much, you're using just too much, or like we need to make people sound intelligent even if they don't sound very intelligible sometimes in their responses. But that's because when we interview people, sometimes they are just speaking, right? And they're not writing it. So it's unfair to expect them to have like perfectly formed answers. Um, and this is one of the biggest things. Every time a new writer comes on board, they'll be like, but do I need to like work with the square brackets and make sure I'm quoting it exactly? And I'm like, in the end, you just need to make sure that the gist of what they're saying is there and then you need to make them sound good. Um, so I think that's where um, Ian has been able to do more of the editing work, right? Because you're kind of just able to work with uh, writers themselves, um, talk out what the structure is about. I think. That's been very nice to see as well, you know, the, the kind of uh, duality between like writing and editing at the same time. And I think I've said this many times before in our meetings, I feel like Ian picks up on things that I don't pick up on as well. So um, it's just different, not necessarily better or worse um, for either one of us. I think this brings us to the next question, which is, you know, what do you find most pleasurable, if anything, about the writing process? And I'm guessing at the end it's pleasurable because it's, it's done. But if I were to force you to say like what in the process, right, makes you feel like, okay, I kind of dig this, what, what would it be? I think for me, um, because my interest lies primarily in painting, so a lot of it is the kind of eye to word as, uh, aspect of writing that I think for me. The moments where I think readers read the piece of writing and then they look at the work, they kind of understand how it's made a little bit better. I think those are the most um, exciting and valuable um, aspects of writing for me. Yeah. 
being able to translate the process of whether it's just pushing the paint on the surface into writing in a manner that people can relate to. Mm. That's so fun. Yeah, I think for me, it's being able to draw in unexpected connections. Um, so if there is uh, an idea that might be running in parallel that I think someone else may not see, uh, I think when I'm able to pull that in and make that link, even if it's a kind of oblique link, if I'm able to make it make sense in the piece, that's always very, very satisfying for me. I think I agree with you. For me, the idea generation stage, I think, is the most fun. Because it's like, okay, like, oh, I didn't see that before. Like, what a great connection. And then, honestly, I think maybe like the actual writing sometimes is a bit like struggle or a bit pain painful because it was clearer in my head. And then now on paper, it's, it's a little clearer in your <laughs> yeah. head. And then it's like, oh, wait, was that an actual point? Is that a legit point? And then at the end, when it does work out, that's another like point of enjoyment. It's like, okay, I did it. For me, actually, my favorite about writing is like the editing process. Which is kind of weird, but it's also the idea like um, to hear what other people have to say about your writing, as well as in the process of seeing your writing become clearer. Mm -hmm. And I think that improvement for me is something that's very um, that I enjoy because, like I said, my writing starts off quite messy, and then the process of editing and like reworking, relooking at the piece also in a way helps me clarify my thoughts about the subject as well. Yeah. I mean, I haven't. I don't really write much for ENM anymore. If I do, it's by ENM. <laughs> um, I don't put my name as the byline, but you know, for I'm just thinking about my own thesis, right? And thinking about how when I'm writing, I definitely do the dumping, like stream of consciousness. But I try to force myself to be structured as I'm writing it down. Um, I'm always thinking about how is it going to be easier later on for myself. Like how is future Nadia going to be like happy with past Nadia? Like do the work kind of thing. Um, and then I definitely understand like it's always great to have my supervisor give me back feedback but I, I don't know whether you guys do this when you open the feedback right if you take a deep breath and be like okay just read faster like and see like there's nothing majorly wrong then like I'm fine do you do that like do you have to take a deep breath and prepare yeah. yourself for like what's to come there's always that nervousness yeah, yeah because I think one thing about writing is that um, sometimes it's quite difficult to write from like a confidence perspective because you always have to believe that what you write someone wants to read. Yeah, so that feedback also, yeah, I get what you mean, that nervousness of opening a document. Yeah, 100%. I, I, every time Nadia like sends, like, oh, okay, open open the email and scroll faster, scroll faster. <laughs> scroll and see how, see how it went. Um, it feels like getting back your grades somehow. I mean, if that's a parallel, yeah. you can draw. Um, but it's always actually super fun to, to, to look at the comments and see like, oh, actually, how does it look like in the eyes of someone else? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think with editing, I mean, I'm very precise, but I always feel like I try to be kind. Mm. Um, oftentimes, like, I mean, the, the team knows this, right? Some people write and I get really upset because no matter how hard we edit or workshop it, it's like not going to be anywhere good. But I always try to honor the person's voice. Um, so I will try to also say something nice about it. Like I enjoyed this thing or like if I really liked it, you know I really liked it. I will say it for sure, right? I'm not going to just like say what's wrong with it. And I think that's part of the writing process as well. Understanding how difficult it is, how painful it is, how vulnerable it is to put your writing out there and just um, appreciating that, right? And you know, one thing that I think we've all enjoyed is when people tell us, hey, I like the writing on e &M. Or, um, you know, I, I was writing a paper and like literally almost all the links that I found in Google was from AM. We've gotten such feedback before and it's so gratifying. 
Um, so I'm thinking now about art writing in general. Okay, as we embrace more creative writing at ANM, which is where I think AMSR started, and then Sean, um, and I'm just thinking like Adinda, for example, she wrote a beautiful poem. Um, also for Samuel Shin's room. Um, and then you know I think that's also the opening for like me asking Anne like, hey, do you have something that's creative and like we can maybe print it? Um, so what? do you wish to see more or less of in art writing? I think we are actively trying to change what art writing is all about. From the very beginning, it was like that. It was never going to be super academic, but it was also not going to be journalistic. It was in between. And I'm thinking about what, I guess, has made you stay on with a and to continue writing this way. Um, maybe as newer people writing for a and like, what do you think art writing could look like? question. Mm. Mm. I think this sort of fusion between art and like I guess maybe more creative writing is really interesting because like I feel in general art writing previously maybe also had sort of connotations of like inaccessibility, elitism, especially when it comes to art history because you know there's so much references, very academic lens to look at painting towards. But I think when you put it under the lens of creative writing, it much there's a very much stronger focus on the viewer, you know, and the viewer's response. And yeah, that's what I like. So maybe in the future, more of like a greater shift to just like a viewer response rather than art history. And I think it should go to you. Sure, yeah. No, I have a lot of thoughts on this. Um, I think for me, when it comes to art writing, and not just about like not just visual and installation, but um, responding to creative work as a whole. Um, personally, my interest is in shifting it away from a kind of consumer model of like, oh, this was relatable, this was enjoyable, this was good or bad, because it's never as simple as that. And I am personally invested in review writing and of course reading this kind of review, which offers a more complex and more um, nuanced response to a piece that I think, as I said before, um, comes into relationship to a piece of work. Um, because for me, when I've written um, or staged things, that's really the most rewarding thing for an artist to have someone engage deeply and meaningfully and not just be assessing your work, but to be relating to it, to be getting into it. Um, and for me, I think that's what I want to do as, as a writer um, who writes in response to other people's work, to, to try and jump into it, to try and see what specifically can be made between me and the piece of work that isn't just going through a rubric of like, oh, this was good, this was relatable, this was relevant. Yeah, what are those um, specific things that can come up in that space between us? Deep thought about <laughs> <laughs> Should I go first? Okay, uh, I, I, I agree. I feel like um, writing itself is an art form, right? It's not merely just a response. Um, and I think that perspective can really perhaps like make or break any, any written piece. Um, like, do you just see it as an accompaniment or like a work in itself? Um, and I think that perspective is quite important. Um, I, I think art and market has been expanding uh, in terms of the type of uh, works that we've been publishing. Um, and there is a good balance of like news where it's just like, this is what happened, this is a preview, this is the price range and so on. Um, but there's also more like emotionally um, engaged pieces 
Um, and I do think for readers, there's like a certain time of day for each type of work. Uh, not everything can be super emotionally engaged because that could be quite tiring. And sometimes they just want to know what happens. Uh, what, what is this art fair about? So I do think like the diversity is, is, is important. I think for me, there are two main as, uh, aspects that I um, hope to see more of. The first one was something that's already there from the get-go, like right from the beginning. Um, having writing that's much more uh, empathetic to, a, or perhaps even coming from the perspective of the artist, being someone who also makes work myself, that's an angle that's always been um, there in my writing, whether it's a review or an interview. And even the writers who, art writers specifically, whom, uh, whose work I enjoy the most are all artists. So whether it's like Donald Jar or David Sally, they're both uh, very eloquent and they bring a perspective to the work that on one hand unpacks how something is being done. Like there's a very clear understanding of how something is being made or how something is being presented in the space that then affects the way that you interact with the exhibition or the sculpture or the artwork which are aspects that perhaps viewers experience but they are not conscious of so i think what the writing does then is that makes it makes you very aware of what you are experiencing when you stand in front of a work or what you are looking at yeah and the other aspect the other type of writing that i think uh, we should try to strive towards is uh, having more analysis of that market angle. I think uh, this, I've attempted a few pieces that has that kind of uh, focus, but I think it's also an area that requires so much specialized information and experience that, that makes it um, a, a genre of writing that has a very steep learning curve. Yeah, like you can't just jump into it and just pick up certain numbers because your perspective might just be very limited or very myopic. Yeah, so I think that aspect is something that we are still um, working on and trying to find perhaps the best writers with the experience to handle that area of um, the art industry. Yeah. That's a very good point you brought up. And I don't know why now I'm immediately thinking like, you know, my own words could also be that, right? Like you can have analysis that is not so emotionally charged. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, I never thought until now in this round table that our writing is in any way emotional. Um, but of course it is, right, because it's about like your feelings and other people's feelings are going to express them. Um, so I think that's a really good way to think about how, you know, as we are embracing more creative writing, we are also thinking about more analytical writing and then that will be a good balance, right, for the diversity of content that we aim to present at a &M. Um And I think, you know, with also events like this, like a round table or panel discussion, I mean, those are also really nice. They're not written content, but I think they're always so helpful for the writing process because it's about talking it out with people who have ideas to share. And then you kind of like, oh, okay, I had this idea, you have the idea too. And then like, okay, it seems justified or it seems like now it's a trend or um, I didn't have the idea before and now we can make some connection. So that's a good note to end on. I think um, thank you so much for being with us for this round table on writing processes and for joining us for landing 2022 the third annual conference by ENM this concludes the conference and see you next year bye